and we're back for episode number 50 of are you quizzing me it has been a year since we started this podcast and i don't think either of us were 100% confident that we would uh, reach this milestone but we have 50 episodes in aditya thoughts just the fact that we are here is astounding enough and the fact that we have not given up on each other or on this podcast or on trivia in general is truly a remarkable thing i am very impressed yes we are impressed with ourselves i am also very sleepy right now it is a recording at well, let's say 9 am and uh, which normally human beings are awake at. but <laughs> yes, i i claim that it is time to sleep at 9 am and not be awake so <laughs> i i'm going to try my best to be awake for this special episode actually yes can you tell our audience what's special about it aditya well it is the number 50 and it is the last episode for the year so vinith and i decided that we will treat each other and our audiences to a special episode and in this special episode what we're going to be doing is that we are going to be asking questions from events that have happened in this year exclusively so vinith is going to ask me a question for something pertaining to january 2023 i will take feb then he goes to march and so on and so forth of course we might take events in those specific months and use that as an inspiration for a question slightly related so it won't be a specific event that hey do you know what happened in 2023 jan but something that happened and hence inspired our questions i'm very excited let's see because we both don't know what the other person has prepared yes and uh, this will be an active discovery process but let's figure this out together yes uh, this should be interesting let me start off with an audience question and a question for our audience regarding something that happened this year so in march of 2023 this company x posted earnings of 161 billion dollars for 2022 which makes it the highest ever recorded annual profit by a publicly listed company and so let me repeat the question again in march of 2023 this company x posted earnings of 161 billion dollars for 2022 making it the highest ever recorded annual profit by a publicly listed company i need you are dear audience to try and guess which company this is we will reveal the answer as usual at the end of today's episode and before we start off with this 2023 extravaganza we still have the small matter of the question that aditya had posed last week aditya i went and listened to the episode again and what i had asked was which town in istanbul has also sued another american hollywood film Yes I believe that and, was the question uh, word to word yes and we are uh, you know straight forward looking to that answer as to which town in Istanbul has done this the <laughs> So there is a town in Istanbul called Turkey no I'm kidding <laughs> I I am going to go to the fact that it is not just Istanbul it's not just a small town in it but it is in fact the whole country of Turkey which has sued uh, not just uh, american movies but american entertainment in general for using thanksgiving and uh, turkeys in general as a common plot device from every random bottle episode of friends to thanksgiving movies i believe that is an infringement of turkey's copyright so the entire country of turkey has sued uh, hollywood according to me 
I just made that up. But it's true now. So they said it. And while we get sued into oblivion by the country of Turkey, before that, let's do this recording and at least push out this episode. I'm not going to comment on that answer because, frankly, why would I? <laughs> <laughs> let's start off with today's episode. Uh, as Aditya mentioned, the format is going to be I'll do Jan, he'll do Feb, then I'll do March, and so on and so forth until we reach December. Aditya, I'm going to start you off with the question from January. X was named after something which was described as human-made avoidable. In Jan of 2023, X was splashed across the news, mostly in India. And a few months later, X would again be in the news, this time in the US, because of X's position with regards to Elon Musk. Identify X. I have purposely made this uh, very vague, so as to stump Aditya's stupendous memory. So... Uh, I believe the audience will be on my side on this. <laughs> Wait, let me clarify. X was described as something human-made but avoidable. Yes, X was named after something which has been described as human-made avoidable. Oh, X was named after something that is human-made but avoidable. And uh, what is the Musk connection? So, in 2023, in January 2023, X was splashed across the news mostly in India. And then a few months later, X would again be in the news this time. But this time, because of a position it took with regards to Elon Musk. Interesting. Is it a newspaper? No, it's not a newspaper. It is an organization. I will give you that. It is an organization. A very small organization. It only has nine employees as of last the last filing. And I mean the number nine, not the German no. <laughs> okay. Um, and it is an... Indian organization? No, it is not. But it was across the news in India in January. Mm, No, I need a bit more of a clue. Okay. Let's just say that this is a company which is in the financial space. Wait, okay. Uh, When you say human-made but avoidable, it sounds like it's not something great. It's not a good thing. Am I on the right path? It's not not something great, yes. The, The name of the company has been given very specifically because it's in a way quite related to what the company does. And it was huge news, huge news in India. And it caused something of a, a, you know, huge fallout here in India as well. Is it some type of watchdog? I have no clue at all. Yeah, so watchdog would not be an unreasonable way to describe them, but then they also make money of it. No, I need another clue then. Uh, When they did what they did in January... Somebody in India lost a lot of money. Adani, right? I think yes, Adani yes. Adani was featured in the report. Yes, uh, Adani was oh, featured in this report oh. of this company, which was named after a human-made but avoidable disaster. Uh, oh God, this is <laughs> one of those pieces of news that just... I know, I know. So X is a company, it's an activist company, research company, which takes up short-selling hmm. positions. So they took up a short position against Adani and then later they did that same, uh, you know, against Elon Musk when, during the time of his takeover on Twitter. So X is named after a man-made but avoidable disaster. Can you tell me which one this is? Man-made but avoidable disaster. Is it the Hindenburg? Yes, it is the Hindenburg Research Group, which only has nine employees. They are a short-selling activist research group, which uh, releases... Uh, reports about corporate fraud and malfeasance and then takes short selling positions against those companies uh, looking to make money. 
Interestingly enough, uh, people who have heard of the Hindenburg, you all know that the Hindenburg was a big Zeppelin, right, which flew from Europe to America and then burnt up in America, causing the huge Hindenburg disaster. Do you know that America is partly mm. responsible for that? Uh, how do you? I don't know how that is. So the, there's a lot of fuss made among quizzing circles and people who know about this that the Hindenburg burnt up because the uh, the gas that they had used for keeping the Zeppelin afloat was hydrogen, which is flammable, instead of using something mm. like helium, which is not flammable. The fact is, the Hindenburg was actually designed to use helium. Okay, interesting. But at that point of time, a lion's share of the world's helium reserves were in America's hands. And America refused to give mm. it to the Nazi government. They put up trade restrictions. So, Germany wasn't able to source enough helium to keep using the Zeppelin. And because of that, they changed it to use uh, hydrogen instead of helium. And that ended up being this huge disaster, one of the first live film disasters. The video is still harrowing to see uh, almost a century later. So that disaster is can, was described by the founder of Heidenberg Research Group as being human-made but avoidable. And he says that's the same thing what they do. They look for co- companies which have uh, you know, corporate fraud and malfeasance which is human-made, but they feel that if people pay mm. attention, these could be avoided. Right. Interesting. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. I had no clue about this. All right. That was uh, a great question, actually, and very much uh, in accordance with our decided format. I don't know if my question fits the bill, but let me try. Okay. okay. Celestine Lawson is an American businesswoman fashion designer and philanthropist. She has been famous for her work, but also for members of her family being very famous. Her maiden name was actually the result of a typo. And in a podcast episode a couple of years ago, she claimed that it had racist origins. So I'm going to quote her here. Celestine is talking about an instance where she confronted her mother about the typo in her birth certificate. So I said, well, why didn't you argue and make them correct it? And she said, I did one time, the first time, and I was told, be happy that you're getting a birth certificate because at one time, black people didn't even get birth certificates. So the context here is that Celestine had a typo in her birth certificate. When she asked her mother why it wasn't corrected, her mother told her this, that they basically laughed her out of the office saying that black people didn't even get birth certificates at some point. So they should be happy that they had a birth certificate. Celestine also presumed that there was racism in the fact that the typo was in a part of the name which was French origin. So they basically didn't even bother trying to verify the spelling of that part of the name. How do we know this part of the name? And I will give you a hint based on the event in February 2023, but I'm just checking if you already know the answer. Okay, I absolutely have currently no clue as to where this is going. Celestine Lawson, okay. the name does not seem very familiar. And you said it's a French surname, right? Okay, so Celestine's maiden name okay. was a French origin word. Okay. 
Yeah. And that is what had the typo. That had the typo. Okay. Um, you give me the event, or at least how it's t- tangentially related to Feb. Maybe that will spark a memory. The last name, the maiden name of Celestine, is also the name of the person who established the record of most Grammy awards in February this year. Okay. Uh, so this would be uh, Beyonce Knowles, who got 32 Grammys in uh, February of this year. But uh, uh, Knowles, I don't know what the surname uh, funda is for this one. Okay. Uh, well, here's the deal. Uh, Celestine uh, maiden name was Beyonce, except that the family name that Celestine came from was spelled B-E-Y-I-N-C-E. Celestine is the only one who has her maiden name as Beyonce. Oh. And uh, when Beyonce was born, she took her mother's maiden name as her first name. Or rather, she was given the first name Beyonce. Oh. And uh, Beyonce Knowles is Celestine Knowles Lawson's daughter. Okay. If not for that typo, today Celestine's daughter might have had a whole different name. Yeah. And uh, racism played a part in how one of the greatest stars of today's pop culture got her name, got the moniker, which frankly is one of those few instances in history where a person doesn't even know that, doesn't even need a last name to be recognized. It is just Beyonce and that's good enough. Exactly. Um, Queen B. 32 Grammys, that's impressive. Thirty-two Grammys. Do you know who the person was before uh, her? So who held the record before Beyonce broke it? I would have guessed somebody like Michael Jackson. I would have thought so too. I would have thought maybe some ba- famous band or famous individual artist. It is actually a Hungarian-British orchestral and operatic conductor. What? Uh, who served as a long-time music director of the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. Ooh. He goes by the name George Salty. George Salty. Shalty. 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 Oh, okay, nice, nice. I really would have thought it would have been like Beatles or Michael Jackson or somebody like that. So would I, yeah. But uh, George Shalty had 31 Grammys and uh, now Beyonce has 32. 32. Which will only keep going. So I don't think anybody's breaking that record yeah. anytime soon. Okay, let's move on to March of 2023. It's a little long question, but bear with me. People representing this country X had attended two UN committee meetings in Geneva in February. The first was a discussion on the representation of women in decision-making systems organized by the Committee on Elimination of Discrimination Against Women. They also participated in a second session on sustainable development hosted by the Committee on Economic, Social and Cultural Rights. However, on March 2, 2023, the UN, in what is practically an unprecedented statement, has said it will ignore statements made by the representatives of this country at these two official events. A UN official said their submissions were irrelevant and tangential to the issues being discussed. This is somewhat shocking on its face considering that X's permanent ambassador had asked a question about indigenous rights and sustainable development during the second session. Which country are we talking about? So which country did the UN quite flippantly dismiss with good reason i might add but uh, on the face of it when you just look at the facts without knowing which country it is it sounds quite rude 
and diplomatically uh, complicated so i wanted to identify the country what was the occasion there was no special occasion it was just un committee meetings being held and representatives of this country just came in and attended those and they were public meetings so that these countries could attend technically wow okay tough questions uh, this episode vineet i must give it to you i will give you one clue which should uh, help you the country has a very close relation to india country has a very close relation is it a good relation or is it a bad relation i wouldn't say it's a good relation well then my instinct is obviously to say pakistan no obviously not the uh, country's name has four words let's put it that way four words so you would say the people's republic of china right that kind I was of literally going to say people's republic of china <laughs> <laughs> i know that's why i went no it's not that i mean like just imagine which kind of country it should be that the un basically just bitch slaps them in a statement saying that you are irrelevant i mean that would be a terrible stance for the un to take even if it, even if it was a very small country oh it is a very small country and doesn't have a great relationship with india yes india hasn't commented on these events but everybody knows where india stands on it is it a neighboring country no uh, quite far away from india actually and here's the kicker we don't exactly know where it is huh <laughs> what <laughs> not <laughs> so technically we have an idea about roughly where it is but we don't exactly know where it is maybe the government does but uh, none of us do like if i asked you to point it out on a map you would be very it will be very difficult for you and also the fact that it's not marked on a map so confused because i was going to say is it wakanda or something in the fictional country <laughs> technically you wouldn't be wrong but then how do you I get wouldn't you wouldn't be wrong when you said it's a country like wakanda So uh, I'll give you a clue this should uh, help you okay now this country's uh, leader let's say their leader of government have holds a record from the Asia Book of Records for the most number of traditional yoga poses performed in the span of one hour and this is on the country's official website what is even happening i'm so confused <laughs> i'm so confused by the hint that we don't exactly know where this country is it is okay i'll give you a clue somewhere near ecuador somewhere near ecuador what how did i'm that much we know but exactly where is a difficult it's an island nation when you said that you, we are not quite sure where this country is do you mean like a general person might not be able to pinpoint it or do you mean in like in actuality people don't know where this country is Uh, um, I see the governments have not specifically mentioned it but I I can tell you that the general public have no clue where exactly this country is like if you wanted to fly there I think it'll be a little difficult <laughs> unless you are within the inner circle what is even happening I am so confused no beneath no I have no clue whatsoever what is this so I'll give you one last clue about this before I give you the answer the permanent mm-hmm. ambassador to the united nations who visited and uh, whose remarks and questions were so callously uh, disregarded by the un the ambassador's name is vijayapriya nityananda again doesn't help me at all i i know okay no. okay i'll yeah, give it to you so have you heard of the united states of kailasa no i have not heard of this okay so you've heard of swami nityananda oh of course yeah 
yeah the so swami nityananda when he was uh, going to be arrested for uh, his sexual misdeeds fled the country and set up a new country called kailasa also known as the united oh, states no. of kailasa we just know that it's somewhere is an it's on an island somewhere off the coast of ecuador uh, he's established his own uh, central bank currency and what not and he's been trying to get recognition for the same he's wanted in india for uh, you know sexual abuse and rape and uh, he's uh, claiming diplomatic immunity now <laughs> jesus christ oh god yeah and he still releases videos on um, social media in between it's one of those videos you should really watch when you're a little high or drunk because you would honestly think you were going mad all right but uh, can you explain do, do, how do they have official representatives like no no are... this is just like see it's like me putting up a flag in my apartment and calling it the united states of vinith's apartment and then my roommate then... i sent him to the un saying that you are the official representative of the united okay. states but he's God, done a lot of it there is a website there is a united states of kailasa they have a wikipedia page they have ambassadors and he has uh, he actually hoodwinked a us town into believing that he was an actual country and then the mayor of that town had to walk back his comments and uh, the tie up that the uh, town had done with the this fictional country so the united states of kailasa uh, shortly called usk usk all right usk okay. This is a massive TIL for me. I think I vaguely <laughs> knew of some of this, but uh, wow, I had no idea it was so concrete. Okay, it's so bonkers, man. It's so bonkers, just crazy. Concrete is the wrong word. Bonkers is the right word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So let us move on to, I believe, April. Yes, that's your month, April. Okay. On April sixteenth. of 2023 a broadway production played its final performance it was the longest running show in broadway history why is the core prop the main prop in this broadway production very different from the one that appears on the poster so the one that appears on the poster is very different from the one that is used during the production so i guess okay. you have to figure out what production i'm talking about and what yeah. is the prop Uh, what is the date again? You said April. It ended on April sixteen, twenty twenty-three. April sixteen, twenty twenty-three. This was the longest-running Broadway production. You said right, and you're asking me the main prop is different from what is actually used, or at least what's on the poster. The main poster, the actual official poster, has a prop prominently featured on it, but the prop when it shows up in the production is. significantly different okay broadway productions that have been going on for that long is it rent is it rent still no. being played no it's not rent the lion king is still being played i know that and they've stopped playing it it's like this is it we are not going to play this anymore the original broadway production played its final performance on <laughs> april 16 2020 okay so the original production with the original cast and crew and all okay fine um Well, obviously the cast has changed. Uh, it has been going on for a very long time. Yeah. How long would you be able to give me a time frame of how long this has been running? Yes, I can. I can tell you that it premiered on October ninth, nineteen eighty six. Eighty six, thirty seven years, and you said a prop is the Phantom of the Opera. Well, you're right, actually. But let me just quickly clarify. It opened in London in nineteen eighty six. In Broadway, it opened. 
in 1988 it is phantom of the opera oh, okay. you know what prop i'm talking about i've not watched uh, the phantom of the opera play or broadway thing the only thing i know about it is what they adapted for the movies and in the movies he always has that kind of half mask thing is it that perfect yeah so do you know how it is different from the one that features on the poster i know how it is different the original the original was given to shahrukh khan to use in jawan <laughs> oh it is true yeah you have absolutely cracked this question um, in a very aditya way but not in an actual answer way <laughs> so it is the mask uh, can you visualize what the poster looks like he's wearing this kind of white half mask which covers like half his face it's like diagonally cut off that's all i can vision that is what is the mask is in the production the poster features a full mask it is actually a full oh. mask that would not be diagonally oh i didn't know that i okay because i've only i as i said now i've not seen the poster or the playbill or anything like that but i remember the movie had that thing that iconic kind of half mask i think it was gerard butler it was okay. gerard butler which was a controversial choice for playing the character it is uh, uh, the case that the phantom of the opera even in the theater productions has a half mask on so okay. uh, this should be fairly straightforward there isn't anything too convoluted about it why would they go with the half mask instead of the full mask because or to emote better it's, it's very difficult to emote in a mask right you could not have phrased it any more accurately the biggest concern was regarding the phantom's ability to emote there are also some practical consideration of miking and stuff like that mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. because of course it is a musical and they do sing so it was easiest to do it with a half mask and that's how the iconic uh, mask came to be and uh, the mask on the poster is still the full mask which is a very interesting choice oh i didn't know that i would stop asking uh, the question here or rather i would move on to the next month but i genuinely want to ask you at least one uh, more question so let me see if okay. i can get through this very quickly okay okay great on april 28th there was an attempt that failed by one of the largest companies in the world or let's say one of the most prominent companies in the world they tried something and they failed at it okay the owner of the company was blamed for rushing to hold this event on the d- given date mm-hmm. very vague but if you want to take a guess Wait, that's it it that something happened and it failed and the comp- oh, the company the owner was blamed dude that could be anything of 100 companies <laughs> uh fair enough okay. uh, but the owner was blamed for trying to rush to do it on this specific date because he thought it would be funny or at least it is alleged that it would given his predisposition to what date are we talking this. about as as you mentioned april 20th i'm guessing this is an american company <laughs> it is an american company yeah because it's 420 right americans write the month first so this will be 420 which is uh, which has very different connotations in india but yeah 420 would be uh, marijuana right so yeah something failed because <laughs> this has to be elon musk when it cannot be anybody else <laughs> you know what i'll give it to you uh, elon musk uh, spacex tried to do a rocket launch on april 20th okay and uh, that failed it was one of going to be one of the largest uh, rocket launches at that point of time and it failed and a lot of people blamed elon musk for rushing this allegedly because he wanted to do it on 420 he has denied it but well knowing elon musk it is 
Yeah, this is the guy who went and smoked uh, a marijuana on Joe Rogan's show. Uh, <laughs> okay, nice question. I'm. Let's move on to May. A very eventful May, and this is a very long question. It's a very indulgent question because I came apro- across this piece of trivia on a uh, podcast, and it kind of fascinated me. May not be as interesting to uh, most other people, so let me just put that caveat up front. But I've put enough clues that this you can work it out. If you don't know it, you should probably be able to work it out, right? So this is a story about a stone. It's an oblong block of red sandstone having a long and rich history. Some even claim it's the biblical stone of Jacob. However, in reality, it is more likely to have been quarried from a mine near the village A. Okay, the first thing is a village uh, which I'm giving an appellation of A in the country X. It was seized, the stone was seized and taken away by the country Y. As spoils of war in 1296, in 1914, suffragettes planted a bomb next to it. The explosion actually split the stone into two. However, this was not discovered until 1950 when four students stole the stone and whisked it away covertly back to the country X. Four months later, however, the stone was returned to the country Y. In 1996, the stone was permanently returned to X on one condition. That condition was fulfilled in May 2023. The stone was again in news in November of 2023 when three members of an environmental activist group smashed the stone's protective glass case and spray-painted the word Istresa Tuatna Tigerna. Okay. Now, as I mentioned, the stone is named after... Uh, the village near which it probably was mined. Right, A, as if you remember. You would probably know the name A because it's the name of a baked good. It is usually made out of either wheat flour or oatmeal with baking powder as a leavening agent and baked on sheet pans, often sweetened and occasionally glazed with egg wash. So, see if you can work out which which countries we are talking about, whether it's what X, which country is X, which country is Y, and see if you can work out the name A. Because this is known as the Stone of A. X was the country where the suffragettes attacked it and Y was the country where it was returned to. No, no. X is the country from which it was taken as spoils of war in 1296. Hmm. Okay. More than 700 years ago. Right. In 1914. So then since 1296, it's been in the country Y. And in 1914, suffragettes planted a bomb to, you know, destroy it. But it didn't happen. It covertly split into two, but nobody realized it until there was a theft made of the stone by four students in 1950. However, it was returned four months later. Country Y, after almost 700 years, uh, in 1996, which was the 700th anniversary, returned the stone back to its original country, but with one condition. And that condition was fulfilled in May of 2023. Was it May of 2023 or did you say November 2023? May, May. We are only May, right? You just finished April, I'm in May. In November, it came into the news again. It came into the news again in November when environmental activists defaced the stone. Oh, sorry. Okay. That was the context from November 2023. Got it. See if you can work out the countries first and then we'll go to the name. Okay. So, because you said suffragettes, uh, I'm going to take a guess. Is it the UK? Yeah, so, which country is which? Is Which country is I'll be talking about? 
whichever country was the one which was displaying it, which had taken away, taken it as spoiler for. So why I believe, right? Why was the one which took it? Okay, then why would be UK twelve ninety six? I was thinking India, but none of the colonial expansion makes sense for that time frame. Oh, then it would be I want to say. Scotland, but could be Wales or Ireland because I'm not very sure as to when it is Scotland. It is Scotland. I was actually going to give you a clue. The line from Ted Lasso: "How many countries are in this country?" <laughs> yes. Um, so yes, you worked it out. It is X was Scotland, which makes Y. Y was uh, England. England. So yes, fantastic. Oh, so not UK, but England. Got it. Stone. Which is named after the village it was buried next to, called still the Stone of A, right? It was uh, taken as spoils of war in twelve ninety six, and then okay. it was brought to England. It was damaged in nineteen fourteen. It was stolen in nineteen fifty, and then in nineteen ninety six, seven hundred years after it was taken away, it was returned to Scotland, but on one condition. That condition was fulfilled in May of twenty twenty three. Can you guess what that was? Can't have anything to do with uh, Brexit. No, hmm. something massive happened in May of twenty twenty three. Something huge, a lot of pomp and circumstance. And... Oh, uh, since you're talking about the UK and uh, pomp and circumstance, was uh, the king crowned in May? Yes, the coronation of King Charles the Third happened in May right. of twenty twenty three. So the stone was okay. brought down for that. Now, before I tell you the whole story. Do you know what the stone is called? It is named after some baking good. Now I'm thinking of. Uh... Now actually, the na- <laughs> we know it because it also shares a name with the baking good. It's not actually named after the baking good. Right, 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 right. Not named after the baking good, but uh, it has the name is the same. English pie, shepherd's pie. Hmm. Very uh, stereotypical tea snack, at least for England. Biscuit doesn't make sense. Oh, scone! Yes, very good. So it is inst- indeed the stone of scone. I think it's pronounced okay. scone, <laughs> but let's. I'm just going with scone because it's stone of scone sounds better. So let me just give you a little bit of feedback, and I apologize to our audience who felt this might have been a long-winded question, but then I need to put some of these in to satisfy the inner nerd. So the stone of scone, <laughs> also known as the stone of destiny. Is an oblong block of red sandstone which was originally used in the coronation of the monarchs of Scotland, and after okay. the 13th century, the coronation of the monarchs of England, Great Britain, and the United Kingdom. It's also known as Jacob's Pillow Stone and the Tanis Stone. Uh, historically, the artifact was kept at the now ruined Scone Abbey in Scone near Perth, Scotland. It was seized by Edward the First's forces during the English invasion of Scotland in 1296. and was used in the coronation of the monarchs of england as well as the monarchs of great britain and the united kingdom monarchs used to sit on the stone of scone so if you go to westminster abbey the coronation where it happens for hundreds of years english kings used to be crowned when they were sitting on the stone of scone it was okay. only in the 17th century that they added a wooden platform uh, just above that so that they could sit a little more comfortably In uh, 1914, suffragettes, in their struggle to get equal rights for women, planted a bomb next to the stone. The explosion actually split the stone in two, but they didn't realize it. In 1950, mm. 
four students by the name of Ian Hamilton, Gavin Vernon, Kay Matheson and Alan Stewart stole the stone. So while they were trying to steal the stone, it split into two. They thought it was because right. they broke the stone. But anyway, they managed to get the two pieces across the border back to Scotland and then four months later it was returned. On the 700th anniversary, they said that, okay, you can take it back now. Uh, the British government returned the stone to Scotland and when not in use in coronations. And it was transported to Edinburgh Castle where now it is kept with the Scottish crown jewels. Okay. Fascinating. That's really cool. I just found it really interesting. Uh, the image of the of a king being crowned just because he's sitting on a block of sandstone. Which is, of course, quite meaningful culturally to them. But the image was a little funny to me. Yeah, well, kings have been crowned for much stupider reasons. So, <laughs> <laughs> not too much of a stretch. Okay, your question. Okay. So this question has relevance to the month of June, but the relevance will be made uh, known a bit later. So let us start off with a very simple but interesting example of an occurrence of a phenomenon. Okay. And here I'm talking about a very specific celebrity to exemplify the situation. This celebrity was born on 30th December 1995. Two days later, he was two years old. Who is this celebrity, if you want to take a guess? Or uh, what am I talking about? What phenomenon am I talking about? So, I actually know this. <laughs> I don't know the celebrity you are talking about. But uh, there ah. was, there used to be this thing in South Korea where if you are born on the new year, you automatically become one year older. Like your birthday is always considered as 1st of January or something like that. So they, that happens wherever, whenever they are, when they are born on 30th. And you know, I'm, talk, I, I'm in the ballpark, right? I will give it to you. I will give it to you. Um, I think the specifics are a bit off. But you know what, Vineet? I said I'm impressed and I'm going to take it back. Because oh, you knowing uh, random obscure trivia doesn't <laughs> impress me anymore. It's routine. I was impressed that you were going to tell me which uh, K-pop celebrity I am. No, 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 no. I have absolutely... Um, no, no. I, I don't know which K-pop celebrity yes. this could be. I was going to be blown away that Vineet <laughs> is uh, all caught up on <laughs> his K-pop. Okay. Well, this one goes out to all the ARMY uh, and BTS oh. fans out there. I don't know any of the BTS people, man. So the reason that uh, he became famous, or rather he is obviously already famous, but his birthday became famous was because phenomenal stature of this particular individual as being part of BTS. His name is Kim Taehyung. And uh, I might be mm. mispronouncing, but Kim Taehyung, also known okay. as V. And uh, super famous guy, part of BTS. And he was in the news media a lot, especially in June. Because on 28th June, South Koreans scraped that particular the way law. of counting age. I'll explain what the uh, way is. But uh, Kim Taehyung's birthday is uh, 30th December 1995. So two days later, he was on 1996, 1st January, he was already two years old. And the reason for this is because South Koreans used to count, uh, and not just South Koreans, actually a lot of East Asian countries and societies used to do this, but South Korea was the only major country still doing it as of this year, uh, when they finally removed it, was that they used to count age as starting from one, hmm. yeah, instead of from the day you were born. Yeah. So that would be uh, your age when you were born. And then another number was added, or rather you became two years old on the 1st of January of the next year. 
So regardless of when your birthday falls during the year, on the 1st of January of every year, your age increased by one. Yeah. And this was used very commonly, even in some official places. And uh, of course, led to a lot of confusion because the internationally agreed uh, way of deciding your age is based on your birthday and not the birth year. And especially not counted as one from the day you were born. So <laughs> in on 28th June this year, a bunch of South Koreans became younger under this new age counting law. And uh, they finally decided to remove that other way of counting, at least from any official places and sources. And uh, President uh, Yoon Suk Yuel actually pushed strongly for this change when he ran for office last year. So this was one of his uh, campaign He promises. ran on this platform. Uh, and, yeah, and he delivered on it uh, pretty quickly. Taehyung became one of the poster childs for why this is a very confusing system and why a Korean needs to scrap it. Okay. And uh, this happened uh, in June of this year. Nice, nice. I knew this fact. Uh, it wasn't very clear in my head, but I knew the fact that they counted years very weird. Taehyung name seems familiar. I think I read it somewhere. I know that BTS exists as a band. I've seen their performances. It's just amazing. But if you ask me about any of those individual people in those, the individual band members, I would be hard-pressed to name mm-hmm. even one. But I have to say, from what videos they I have seen, they their synchronicity is fantastic. Yeah, and because they, uh, BTS is often compared to Beatles uh, in terms of just the what? sheer scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, BTS is very much considered the Beatles of, uh, well, whatever today's generation in the way that they have shaped pop culture and uh, the amount oh, of... Oh, like Beatlemania, right. as in you mean the fan following thing. We're fan following and the impact that they have had on music and culture in wow, general. Wow, okay. The same way that the Beatles came in with their mop of hair and uh, the British invasion happened. The same way K-pop uh, and their uh, fashion choices and especially BTS obviously has uh, made wow. a global impact. So BTS is compared to Beatles. But I do wonder because BTS individual members have very strong followings. And this might be because of the prevalence of social media. Uh, but I wonder if Beatles, every individual member had that stronger personality that the world knew. No, I, yes, Lennon definitely did. Lennon mm. and McCartney definitely did. Uh, George Harrison mm. had, let me put it this way, he had a more uh, cult following. Like people like me. Okay. I mean, you wouldn't find his name as, you know, the most, the, the favorite Beatle of all time. That's usually just mm. McCartney or, uh, you know, Lennon. Mm. Lennon. As for Ringo, well... I think they, uh, the Beatles said it best during an interview. Uh, I think it was a press conference or something and a journalist asked them, do you think that Ringo is one of the best drummers in the world? And I remember somebody from the band actually replied, Ringo is not even the best drummer in this band. <laughs> I think I've heard of this before. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. And um, a, quick throwback, uh, a quick throwback to a question from earlier this year with regarding best of the Beatles. Uh, you ah. can go find that trivia by listening to all of our episodes because I don't remember which episode it was <laughs> or uh, googling it myself. What does best of the Beatles mean and how is it a funny little piece of trivia? Okay, we need your question. Okay, so we are halfway through. Uh, moving on to July. So this is a silly question, but it's one of those weird but wonderful human things that happens, you know, uh, what humans are capable of and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. In July of 2023, 
a team of 30 people 30 that's 30 30 people broke two world records when they traveled 7 kilometers taking more than 12 hours to do so they had traveled from mandora to mindel beach do you have any idea what records they broke hmm uh, nothing strikes a bell na it's not mainstream news obviously but it is just one of those fascinating pieces of trivia that i've had uh i've never had a kind of uh, reason to ask it until now hmm obviously lots of clues will be given so this is in australia and a group of 30 people traveled 7 kilometers taking more than 12 hours to do so does it have anything to do with the uluru no but you said beach right yeah so mindel beach and oh. mandora they are both on the waterfront oh, yeah then uluru doesn't make any sense hmm both are on the waterfront and it's just a, it's a distance of 7 kilometers but they took 12 hours but they broke two world records when they did so um does it have anything to do with the geographical uh, formation the 12 apostles no i was wondering if they there are a bunch of rocks uh, yeah, yeah. That i, I know what you're talking about no this is nothing to do with that okay let me just give you another clue if you stood at uh, the mandora boat ramp and looked across the bay you would see mintel beach and a straight line as the crow flies the distance in that fashion is around 7 kilometers but you'd be able to see it and the straight line distance is 7 kilometers yes again i have no clue as to why that would break records no i'll need a, some sort of a hint over here okay so they traveled under water so the 7 kilometers were traveled under water but why would that be a record underwater and you said they took 12 hours so more than 12 hours they had to do more than 12 hours because while traveling only one person could do something and that person had to be changed out every 15 minutes because of the water pressure hmm so basically i'm asking you to guess what they traveled in did they travel on foot across the no no that Tibet? i think no no that no not that what did they travel in they traveled in something they traveled in uh, you know a form of transportation underwater from mandora to mindel beach yeah hmm okay did uh, <laughs> as an homage to the official animal of australia did they one person no. create a pouch <laughs> in the front of his belly and carry the other person in it no, like, no, 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 no. So this is an actual uh, actual mechanized form of transportation No no I have no clue. I think there are no more clues to give and frankly this was just a fun question it's not something that I would expect anybody to know unless they are crazy like me but uh, the vehicle that they used was from 1978 and it had been planned to do something like this in the mid 80s but uh, that did not work out so they tried to do it now and they were successful and they broke two records like what are the modes of transportation that come to mind in the 19 uh, 80s 70s right i mean yeah that's um, just an additional fact like just think of what kind of transportation obviously i wouldn't ask you if this was a submarine right i there's no point in me asking you if it's a submarine so it's obviously mm. not a submarine what other crazy and remember this is australia you also said uh, water pressure so i'm assuming it is something underwater yeah it uh, was basically they traveled 7 kilometers underwater between mandora mm. to mindel beach in a mechanized form of transport hmm 
Okay, I will give it to you. Yeah, no, I have no idea. Yeah, they traveled between Mandora to Mineral Beach in in 1978 Toyota Land Cruiser. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Why? So this established the record for the longest and deepest underwater drive. So they drove mm-hmm. from Mineral Beach to Mandora oh, underwater on mm-hmm. the seabed. Uh, the driver had to be changed out every 15 minutes to avoid uh, problems with uh, underground water pressure it was a team of 30 they had changed out the engine with a waterproof electric engine and replaced the tires mm-hmm. with a 150 kg water filled tires and they drove wow. underwater for 7 kilometers making giving them the record for the longest and deepest underwater drive that is so strange <laughs> okay now i just love you know why i i particularly love this piece of trivia is because do you did you used to watch top gear in its heyday and when i mean heyday when jeremy clarkson and all were uh, hosting it you know i have heard so much about it i knew a lot of friends who used to i've only seen clips of it so i can't ah, claim to have watched okay. top gear so there was this no. amazing episode many many years ago mm. where they tried to destroy a car and the car in question okay. was a toyota hilux Okay. Okay. So the first thing they did was they tried bashing it against walls, against trees. That didn't work. Then they dropped okay. something on it. That also didn't work. It was still functional. And then finally what they did was not finally, then what they did was they parked it out on the harbor during low tide. Okay. Okay. The tide came in, the car was completely submerged. and then after the tide went out and they brought the car back, a mechanic was able to get mm. it started without replacing any parts. Okay. So it was still functioning. So they were like we have not managed to destroy this car. So now we will have to absolutely destroy this car. So they took the car and put it on top of a building which was due for demolition. The entire okay. building had been rigged up with explosives to implode. You've seen those videos of the buildings being yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. They put this Hilux on top of that and they imploded it. The car was buried on t- on so much rubble. They dug it out and the car started again. Oh my god. <laughs> so finally they decided okay this car is just too valuable so we are going to put it in the museum and they have a top gear top gear museum and that car is still there the indestructible Hilux. So I was really you know I saw the similarities that they picked a Toyota Land Cruiser which is I think on the mm. same platform it's not the same thing but it's the same platform as the Hilux so they had mm. to pick the indestructible car for the same thing. They had to. No, I love it. <laughs> yeah, which is why the Hilux Such is the uh, preferred vehicle of transportation for terrorists everywhere. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you know this, Vineet. But uh, sure, let's move past that red flag. No, no, seriously, <laughs> this is an accepted fact. Look up any kind oh, of footage. Yeah, you look up any kind of footage, and I'm telling you, this is. I mean, you don't even need any statistics to do so. Look up any kind of footage from the past thirty years, and you will always find, especially in the Middle East. uh and afghanistan and all you will find terrorists traveling around in hilux pickups they always travel in toyota hilux pickups it's like how how the preferred mode of transportation for kidnappers is the omni omni van <laughs> yeah okay fair enough fair enough okay <laughs> all right so my next question again starts off with general trivia but the connect to august 2023 will be apparent soon enough okay all right hit me incospar was an organization set up in india in 1962 how was the founder commemorated this year 
Okay, uh, so INCOSPAR was the uh, space research and atomic organization which was initially built to coordinate events for the uh, atomic and the space research program in India. So I would be admit I would think it would be Sarabhai or Baba, but uh, how they were how were they commemorated this year? Uh, is it Rocket Boys too? The audience members can't see it, but uh, I'm making a very annoyed face right now. <laughs> Because I tried to make this tough. How do you how do you challenge this man? This man just refuses <laughs> refuses to be challenged. No, no. Okay, I, 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 I I went down the rabbit hole after watching Rocket Boys one and two, and there was also this excellent podcast by Harsha Bhogle on the early years of ISRO. Okay. So, yeah, that's fair. But I haven't answered the question. I just told you what Incospar is, right? So, is it what is the answer? Is it Rocket Boys? Uh, is that how you? No, no, not Rocket Boys. The context is, or the relevance to August of this year is that uh, a massive event happened on 23rd of August. Massive event happened on 23rd of August. Which in a way commemorated um, the founder of ah, um, Incos. Chandrayaan 3. Yeah, right. Yeah, landing yeah. on the moon, right. But uh, Chandrayaan landed on the moon. So Vikram Sarabhai then. Vikram Sarabhai, but uh, how is he commemorated? Did they name uh, the place or something after them, Sarabhai Crate? I think something like that. Um, close enough. I'll give it to you. The lander on huh. Chandrayaan is called Vikram. Oh, oh, yes, yes. Now it comes back to me. Yes, the lander was called lander. Vikram. Yes, and this was the perfect year. They could have, they could have blasted the soundtrack to Vikram while the lander was coming down. You know, it could have been Vikram. Okay, you've not seen the movie, so then. <laughs> No, no. Even if I, even if I would have seen this movie, it is very tough to reconcile that you're such an intelligent man, and no, then you stop it. say these things, <laughs> which are just stop absolutely it. ridiculous. Stop it. <laughs> ridiculous is right. Yeah, but I was going for funny. But anyway, no. But yeah. So Vic, it was a, it was it was it was frankly the best. It would have been so awesome if when the lander was landing, like they blasted because Isro finally again Isro has a, a large population of Tamilian scientists, right? So it would make absolute hmm. sense for them to blast the soundtrack to Vikram from the yeah. speakers of Isro no. while it is landing. Now that would have been badass. You and I were not there. Maybe they did that. You know? No, I don't think they did. Not with Modi there, no. With the Prime Minister oh, Modi okay. there, I don't think they would have done that. A <laughs> lot more decorum and protocol has to be observed when mm. you have the Prime Minister in the house. Well, that's where you get noise-cancelling headphones and you blast it in your own <laughs> ears and make sure nobody else can hear it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. I don't know why I, I complained about you uh, making terrible jokes when that seems to be the entire purpose <laughs> of me on this podcast. <laughs> Okay. No, no, uh, no. Okay, this is no an easy question. one. I guess I, I'm fairly sure you'll crack this quickly. Uh, costing $2.3 billion, that's billion with a B, it is the largest of its kind and currently the only one in the world, though maybe not for long, because more are planned for London, Abu Dhabi and a few other cities. Paul Hewson and Co. conducted the inauguration in September of 2023. Can you tell me what I'm talking about? What is it that cost $2.3 billion is the largest of its kind and may soon have uh, similar ones in Abu Dhabi, London and Paul Houston and co were the ones who inaugurated the place. Inaugurated a place? 
So it is a place that we are talking. Yeah, about. it is. Okay, I I kind of gave that away, but yeah, that it's fine. It's still fine. It's something that cost. It's obviously a venue or something that cost two point three billion dollars to make, and Paul Hewson and Co inaugurated it in September. No, I will need a hint. I have no clue as to what this. Okay, ah, uh, the clue would be to for you to try and guess who Paul Hewson and Co are. Obviously, they are not known by that name. Paul Hewson. Hewson. How do you spell Hewson? H e w s o n. H e w s o n. Obviously, okay. it's not the name we know him by, which is why I ask it with such confidence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out where he could be from, also based on the name. But no, that does yeah. not seem to be. This group of people inaugurated something, a, a venue, a location. Yes, in September of 2023, a, largest of its kind. Well, because uh, it is. a birth name versus something that we probably know this person by uh and you said and co so i'm guessing there are more people so i'm guessing it has yes. to be maybe a band yes very good okay you're on the right track band inaugurated um, then i guess it'll have to be oh i was going to say a venue a performance venue but i i'm going to go with the some sort of a Musical Hall of Fame. Well, it can't be the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because that already exists. Uh, going colder, going colder. You are closer with venue. You were actually very hot with venue. Oh, so they inaugurated a venue. Oh, interesting. Um, something that cost two point three gonna... billion dollars. Two point three billion dollars, and they. Oh, but it doesn't have to be a musical venue, is it? Is it a musical? No, venue? they can do a lot of things there. It can. It's like Madison Square Garden. You can use it for oh. boxing. You can use it for uh, venues. Sorry, where was this venue again? I did not mention where it is because the moment I tell you where it is, there is only one answer. <laughs> mm. Okay, that's what. Mm. Uh, can you give me a country? Or even the that US. would be too much of a given. No, yeah, I'm quite, I'm quite lost. Okay, uh, Paul Hewson and Co. Okay, this is a cryptic clue, like a cryptic crossword clue. They come with them from a place where the streets have no name. The streets have no name. Uh, oh, oh, this sounds so familiar. Yes. Yeah, it. Uh, music is not my. Paul Hewson has a very famous fashion choice, and not many people know that that fashion choice is actually because of a medical condition. Okay, I'm. I'm just taking a wild guess here. Is it by any chance U uh, two? Ha ha! Very good. It is U two. So okay. which? Uh, so okay. which venue are we talking about? Sorry, but before that, I'm going to clarify. What is the fashion choice, though? Uh, the glasses that he wears. Bono, right? Yeah. Bono, yes, Bono. Uh, Paul Hewson is Bono. Bono always wears dark glasses. It's not actually a fashion choice. He suffers from glaucoma, which is increased pressure oh. in your eyes. So then he always wears those glasses because of that. But people think it's like one of those fashion choices. He's a rock star, so he always wears a wears glasses anywhere. I mean, like, have you ever seen his eyes? You always see him with those glasses, right? Interesting. So Bono inaugurated. You uh, two basically. You two inaugurated. They were the first one to YouTube inaugurate this venue. It was in Las Vegas. Is it the eye? Close enough. It's the sphere. The Las Vegas sphere. It became Sorry, viral sphere, because yeah. of th- yeah. It became viral because they put a picture of an eye outside of it, and people just went crazy because it was right, just a. Right, right. So the sphere is a huge spherical venue. With the largest uh, LED screen in the world, with the highest largest LED, uh, resolution LED screen in the world, it can accommodate eighteen to twenty thousand people uh, on standing room, and mm. it has this huge wraparound screen. And YouTube perform the video of YouTube performing there, and that's like wow. I actually remember this YouTube inauguration thing now that you said. Yeah, go ahead. 
it's just fantastic so the sphere was conceived as a partnership between madison square garden company that was my cl- uh, hidden mm. clue over there and the las vegas nice. sands corporation the project was launched in 2018 the interior of the sphere is fitted with the world's largest and most complex led screen measuring 15000 square meters it features okay. a 16k resolution wrap around display and the exoskeleton is fitted with approximately 54000 square meters of led display space there are 1.2 right. million pucks each containing 48 individual leds that can display 256 million different colors transforming the exterior transforming the exterior into a monumental billboard and they're planning mm. one uh, for many other cities including london abu dhabi so yeah we can probably see one of those over there okay very interesting very cool i mean like given the monumental cost i don't know how they're ever going to break even like 2.3 billion dollars man wow if i'm not wrong i i remember reading reports of how it uh, was uh, running in a loss for the first few months also yeah na it'll have to be na with such a huge cost no i don't even mean the fixed cost i believe the operational costs are also very oh, high oh okay you um, yeah i mean like yeah. just the electricity bill man my god hmm, that yeah but anyways okay fun fun question we have moved on to october 2023 yes so this is an event that happened on the 2nd of october 2023 okay a little gandhi jayanti celebration well no it wasn't a gandhi jayanti celebration but it happened on <laughs> 2nd of october okay two people were again commemorated okay let me give you a little background about these two people and you tell me how they were honored and commemorated Caitlin was born and raised in Hungary mm-hmm. in a small home without a running water, refrigerator, television, and from there pursued academics, and at some point found herself in University of Pennsylvania. What did you say the name again? Caitlin. Caitlin. Okay. okay. She found herself in the University of Pennsylvania. Her field of choice. was something that wasn't looked upon as being very promising okay so before seeing the very fruitful results that obviously eventually happened from her research she had been demoted her pay had been cut and uh, she was described herself as not being of faculty quality never granted tenure as well okay this wow. is the first person caitlin the other individual is this gentleman called drew drew was born in massachusetts in the us he through his education and hard work at some point also found himself in the university of pennsylvania working alongside of caitlin in a chance encounter where both caitlin and drew were photocopying some documents they met at the photocopy machine they realized and uh, they were discussing how their field of study is completely ignored and not given enough importance not given enough funding and they decided to start working together these two individuals were commemorated in 2023 on 2nd of october how were, how were they commemorated i have one question mm-hmm. is the drew in this question drew wiseman vineet man <laughs> Just, why why don't you just ask the questions i'm going to stop i'm just i'm not going to ask any more questions no i see, see to be fair i was quite deep into this for 2 years uh because as people may or may not know i work in the diagnostic industry so knowing the name of 
uh, the people who got the Nobel Prize for developing the mRNA vaccine is <laughs> not unfair. <laughs> no, because most of the time, I, 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 my, my, my problem has always been that, not problem per se, the Nobel Prize always uh, rewards, um, you know, discoveries made maybe decades ago or there was a tiny discovery or there was something that is very difficult for people to relate to, especially when it comes to physiology and medicine and even physics. But this year, mm. the medicine award, the, the Nobel Prize for Physiology went to something that made a palpable impact on everybody's lives. No, for sure. And, uh, you know, when I came up with the question, I was like, oh, it's going to be a great piece of trivia. But, uh, yeah, while I was asking the question, I realized I'm asking Vineet, who not only knows so much trivia, but is also from that field. So, fair enough. You you were only obliged to crack this very quickly. Um, <laughs> but lovely, lovely crack. Uh, I'll give you the full names. You already mentioned Drew Wiseman. I don't uh, remember the, the other, other lady. Caitlin, I don't remember her last Kathleen name. Caitlin Carico. Carico. Carico, okay. Uh, who's a Hungarian-American biochemist. She had been studying RNA for a very long time. Uh, in the 90s, I believe, uh, this particular field uh, lost its steam. Most people thought it did not hold too much promise. At the point where she joined uh, with Wiseman and they could start collaborating, they realized that there was a lot of potential in the vaccine space for RNAs. They overcame a bunch of hurdles and finally published a very landmark paper in 2005. They have published a bunch of other ones as well, but 2005 is the one that is considered the most important in their field of research. Yes, you're right. They were given the 2023 Nobel Prize in Physiology and Medicine for their discoveries concerning nucleoside-based modifications that enabled the development of effective mRNA vaccines against COVID-19. So, very, very well-deserved uh, Nobel Prize. Yes, you're right. Yes. No, because we have to understand that what the work they did basically gave us a template uh, to deal with uh, diseases where you want a vaccine quickly, but the traditional methods would take years, if not decades. Hmm. This gives us a template to develop, to, to develop vaccines very, very quickly. The only thing hmm. is how long and what effect these kind of vaccines have in the long term obviously will take decades for us to still understand. But um, this was groundbreaking work, what they did. The pattern that came out of their research was the exact pattern that was given to Moderna hmm. when they developed their vaccines. So it is pretty much a very direct impact of what they've done. What actually blew my mind was the fact that her work was uh, met with so much skepticism and obstacles. And Unfortunately, this is quite true. If you are a woman in academia, this is not unheard of. Sad state of affairs, but hey, at least well-deserved. What uh, really shocked me was the amount of pushback that she faced. Like literally being demoted and having a pay cut, is it sounds pretty insane. I don't know much about the field no, of because, academia, but it sounds... You know, because especially in the US and all, most of these academic departments run on donations and grants and funding. So mm. if you're going to be mm. studying or doing research on something which is not going to bring in eventual money to the department, they're not going to look upon you with favor. Well, the world has them to thank because Caitlin decided to stick with it. And um, yeah, we are all alive now. Okay, so uh, moving on to November, we are uh, reaching the end of 2023. In November, when this song charted at number one at the UK singles chart, it set the record for the longest gap 
between number one singles by any musical act. If possible, tell okay. me the name of the song, or if you can just at least tell me the act and what was so special about the song. Did the band get back together after a very long time? No, 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 no. That would have required an act of God. Oh, so I'm assuming people are dead. Yes. In this particular band, I know uh, Kate Bush had this, but that would have been last no, year no. when. Uh, no, that was uh, running up the hill. Stranger Things, but yeah. no. this was actually a new single. I'm not talking about an old single get charting again. This was a new single. Oh, I'll give you a clue. The gap, longest gap between number one singles by any music act, the record that was set, is for 54 years. Wow, 54 years. So. From 2023, that means we are talking 1969. Yeah, 1969. Oh boy, that was a good decade for music and a yeah. lot of famous bands. Yes. Hmm. I will give you a clue. As with everything else this year, AI played a role. Oh, I remember this. Uh, they they had some of the original recordings or something, and they tried to. Uh, recreate the entire music, and they got a bunch of new artists to come and collaborate on it. Mm, some to step in for. Do you remember the band? Do you remember which band it was? Uh, since it's a 1969, and that was the last time they topped the charts, I'm just gonna guess. Is it Beatles? Yes, it is the Beatles. Okay. Okay. The song's name is called "Now and Then." So. Okay. I'll give you a little bit of the history of the song. So now and then is a soft rock ballad that was written by John Lennon and recorded solo in 1977 oh. long after the band had broken up he wrote it as a solo oh. record and he recorded it at home okay it was a, he recorded a small demo at home but left it unfinished 3 years later mm. lennon died and uh, the song was then considered as a potential third beatles reunion single for their 1995 96 retrospective project called the beatles Anth- anthology so what happened was the quality of the record th- that was recorded by lennon at home was so bad uh, that even though they did some overdubs from paul mccartney and ringo star and guitar tracks by george harrison they basically had to abandon it because the quality was really really bad okay okay so then george harrison died in 2001 so this session so this we, we only had the overdub recordings and the guitar tracks by them now what has mm. happened is 54 years according to so many years later they used a machine learning assisted audio restoration technology which was commissioned by peter jackson for his 2021 documentary the beatles get back and okay. uh, like uh, mccartney wrote some additional lyrics few additional lyrics they used some of the recordings they had done in 1995 the overdubs and everything and they put everything together to make the song jackson peter okay. jackson also recorded the music, directed the music video for now and then uh, the song received universal acclaim from critics who felt it was a worthy finale for the beatles it topped the charts in the uk germany and austria and reached the top 10 in australia belgium canada ireland the netherlands sweden switzerland and the us it is the only beatles uk number 1 single that is not attributed to the lennon mccartney songwriting partnership very cool you know do you find it interesting that despite this being the year of ai and the year of climate change neither of us chose a question from ai and climate change uh, i swear okay so i found this lovely website which had a bunch of events from every single month and i was just going through that trying to find uh, relevant trivia Mm. and i was bombarded firstly a by the number of trump legal issues 
and then uh, of course the very depressing uh, russia ukraine war updates and the very depressing israel gaza situation that was all over the news and then climate change oh my god the number of record breaking things Seriously. that happened to regarding climate change this year it i don't know how to not be doomsayer <laughs> and then completely lose your shit no seriously i mean when same thing when i went back and i was going through you know wikipedia and uh, all the dates and months and all those things you know, the number of climate change events the hottest temperatures recorded and all 56 degrees mm. in iran mm-hmm. which is beyond what humans I, can tolerate cyclones landing where they've never landed before exactly yeah hottest ever week or month recorded in 100 200 years it's just and it seems to be just a yearly thing now every year is uh, throwing up new the question is are we and, will we reach a tipping point or we will just adapt uh i don't i don't know if i want to find out <laughs> <laughs> no, no, i do i do i'm i'm a very optimistic person at heart so i believe in, in humanity okay let's end on a happy note let's end on a happy note for december Okay. December isn't over yet, but uh, something lovely happened uh, earlier this month. And uh, again, uh, this is a news which involves two people. So I'm okay. going to tell you what these two individuals are famous for in chronological order. And I will stop short of the last one in the list. There are five items on the on the list and I will tell you the first four. Uh Okay. If you can't figure it out, I'll give you the fifth one. Tell me what happened earlier this month. Okay. okay. The first on the list is Greenberg in 2010. Okay. The next is Frances Ha 2012. Then we have Mistress America 2015. Before I reveal number 4, do you want to take a guess? Oh no, I'm 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 blanking right now. Okay. All right. Then let me give you number 4 which might be a good clue. White Noise 2022 white noise 2022 okay and uh, i haven't told you what number 1 is no you haven't i i am clueless right now you will have to like white noise these aren't bands right greenberg oh okay all right so let me just guide you further along these are movies these are movies no mm. okay so let me give you a further clue I said it's uh, news involving two people. It these are two people who have collaborated on all of these movies. Let's call them X and Y, and let's give you a very quick rundown. Greenberg, which was released in 2010, the director was X, the writer was also X. It starred Y. Frances Ha, which came out in 2012, director X, writer X and Y, starring Y. Mistress America, 2015, director X. Uh, writer X and Y starring Y one more time white noise in 2022 director was X writer was also X starring Y so none of these have been directed by Y a lot of them have X as a director, director and the writer yeah. Y has some writing credits some and a lot of acting, acting credits, credits yeah and you want me to guess what is the one in december 2023 Uh no something happened between these two people on December 2023 Oh okay but I haven't given you number 5 the fifth uh, of their the fifth movie which was their collaboration Guessing these are art house movies and not like mainstream uh you know airport time killers the usual kind of thing I watch You would be surprised because number 
number five. No, the rest of them are indie darlings. But okay. number five uh, was the first time in this list. Not the okay. first time ever, but the first time in this particular list or in their collaborations that Y directed, and the writers were again X and Y, and Y did not have an acting credit in this. Actor directed a movie released in twenty twenty three December. Okay, sorry. Let me also clarify. I did not say the movie released in uh, December twenty twenty three. Movie was okay. released in twenty twenty three. Something happened between the two of them. All right. You know what? Let me tell you. Uh, wait, wait. What uh, happened? This isn't Key and Peel, right? Key and Peel. No, this is not Key and Peel. No. no. <laughs> yes, but it helps to know what happened between the two of them. The two of them got married in December. <laughs> uh, and you see that kind of collaboration, something that goes back that far. Directors married to actors. There's Aaron Taylor Johnson, but he's already been married for a long time. There's uh, Emily Blunt and John Krasinski, but again, I they've all they've only done those kind of major things. Spielberg was famously married to an actress, but no, I no no, you'll have to. This is going okay. to be something simple. Well, uh, <laughs> um, you you have definitely heard of it. Okay. Uh, the biggest movie of twenty twenty three. The biggest movie of twenty twenty three. Oppenheimer. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, Barbie, Greta, Greta Gerwig. Yeah. Do you know who she's married to? No, I don't. I wait. I, Greta Gerwig is married to some actor. Okay. No, wait, she acted. No, a director. I never said that X ever acted. Okay, yeah, okay. Greta yeah, Gerwig so... was an actor. Okay. Who she married right, to? So let me just tell you. On December on December 20th of 2023, huh? Greta Gerwig and Noah Bombach announced that they are married after 12 years of dating. Noah? Do you know of this individual? No, I don't, I'm maybe one of those people I know by sight, but uh, Noah Bombach? Have you watched a marriage story? No, I have not. I okay. was going. I remember uh, I was going to watch it, and a friend told me it is extremely depressing. Don't watch it. Then I was like, okay, uh, I was is, not. It in is. The mood. It is not an easy watch, but it is a lovely movie. And uh, of course, he has to his credit a bunch of films. He has been active for a very long time. Okay. Uh, Marriage Story, Francis Ha. I already mentioned White Noise, The Squid and the Whale, Greenberg, a bunch of very famous movies, Mistress America. All of these are Noah Baumbach films. Um, Noah Baumbach and uh, Greta Gerwig have been collaborating for a very long time since they first met. Oh. And uh, obviously Greta Gerwig has directed movies before this, but Barbie is her biggest film. And uh, this time around when they collaborated, she was one directing it and Noah was just writing in the film. It turned out to be the biggest success of their collaborative uh, efforts. Maybe this is something more yeah. commonly known to if you had- big cinephiles, which which you probably are as well, but yeah. No, 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 it's a, still a great fact. Great, great fact. Uh, if you had told me last year that a movie based on Barbie would be the biggest movie of the year, I would have laughed in your face. You know what is uh, freaking me out is that they have greenlit a bunch of films based off of just random toy product lines. Like, I think there is a Monopoly film oh, that, that has been yeah. greenlit. Yeah, and... Uh, Monopoly still sounds like there is some character in it. I remember there were some other ridiculous ones which were greenlit and I was like, how are you going to make a movie out of this? And yeah, I'm not I'm not very no, optimistic. I, I, because... See, the gold standard for making a movie out of a game or this kind of property is still Clue. Oh, what a great film. What a that great film. That was just yeah. a fantastic film. And mm. the blueprint of what not to do would be the G.I. Joe films. <laughs> 
you know what i'll tell you it was a guilty pleasure of mine for a while i used to actually enjoy those films <laughs> and then i think i grew out of grew out of it but yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, barbie i think uh, did a fairly good job in working a great story a fun little script and great acting performances uh, into a promotion material for what is basically a 2 hour long ad for a toy and uh, wow that brings us to the end of 2023 both literally and figuratively <laughs> and this has been a long episode so it's a bumper episode uh, i think episode. it's fair i think it's fair uh, 50th episode mm. we have to do something special but <laughs> wow 50 episodes and the end Indeed. of 2023 did you expect us to reach this point vinith ha to be honest i was hopeful but i always expected at some point because both of our lives are so busy that uh, you know it's very difficult to get both of us synced up as you know <laughs> that is true that is true like if we try to sync up 12 times we might uh, sync up maybe twice out of 2 out of 12 i think would be a, hmm. a generous estimation of how often we are able to find free spots but yeah so i always yet, expected that might be here we are here we are not very regular but yes we are here <laughs> You know what? Out of the fifty-two weeks, we only missed it twice. So yeah. I'm, I'll give ourselves a pat on the back. Yeah, yeah. not too bad, not too bad. Yeah. So yeah, so that's the end of this year. Uh, before we end the episode, there are a few uh, things that we do at the end of every episode. First things first is Aditya. What is going to be your question for the new year? So remember that this will be the next question or the first question of the next year. So it has to be it- decent. <laughs> I I think I already know what your answer will be but is there any way that we can leave this trend behind in 2023 Absolutely not, not. too many people enjoy this Oh boy <laughs> Like this is the one okay. thing that everybody says they like so then I'm not getting rid of it <laughs> Oh I I really question our audience now No 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 I'm kidding please keep <laughs> listening to our podcast <laughs> Okay so the question will obviously be uh Elon Musk uh, uh, man continues to dominate the news and the whole 420 thing that he did what else has elon musk done in his juvenile attempt at humor in his business career you know what i don't even think i'll have to make up an answer for this i think i'm just going to find an actual <laughs> you just, you just have to wait once. a week you just have to wait a week uh, <laughs> he'll find something he will do something he will yeah. do something that's <laughs> okay. great so That's the question for next week. And now let's move to the audience question. In March of 2023, this company X posted earnings of $161 billion for 2022, making it the highest ever recorded annual profit by a publicly listed company. Before I reveal the answer, Aditya, do you know which this is? Uh, $161 billion. Yeah, that's the profit. We're not even talking about anything else. It's a profit. Oh, boy. No, I have no clue. Whatever, whatsoever this could be. This is Aramco. Have you heard of Aramco? Isn't it the oil and gas company? Yes, it is the Saudi Arabian oil and gas company, which was originally uh, founded as a collaboration between America and uh, Saudi Arabia, the Arab American Oil Corporation. So that eventually oh. became Saudi Aramco, now known as Saudi Aramco. it is the company which listed the highest ever recorded annual profit yeah that is insane aditya what is your pop culture recommendation for this week 
pop culture recommendation i'm going to keep it very short and sweet uh, it's the end of the year it is something that i look forward to every single year as much as people do a spotify wrapped and what not i look forward to the vox rewind or vox review of the year it is usually a decent compilation of well mostly american centric news but world news as well and uh, quick snippets of news and i remember every year that i've watched it i have teared up was it just is such an overwhelming experience to be exposed to all of these things that happened over the entire year so vox rewind for 2023 is a fun watch i just watched it earlier today and uh, i encourage viewers to go check it out and listeners to go check it out great for me the end of this year and the beginning of another takes me back to the fact that i am growing older every year more gray than black in the hair and beard going forward so it just makes me a little more nostalgic for you know better times or whatever so the show that i'm going to recommend is a show called psych i don't know how many of you have actually heard of it but it's this amazing show which i still believe was ripped off by the mentalist because the basic concept is the same slightly different though in psych there is a hyper observant character who's been uh trained from childhood to be to observe everything like sherlock holmes but uh big but because people his skill is so great that people don't believe him he pretends to be a psychic and works for the police mm. the it is a buddy comedy uh with uh, james rode in the lead fantastic comedy especially if you are somebody who grew up in the 80s and 90s 90% of what they uh, what comes out of james rode's mouth are references from the 80s and the 90s so it's nostalgia built on nostalgia uh, it's a fantastic <laughs> show the show has a very big cult following and following that they have a three follow up movies so please try and catch psych it's just an amazing show it will feed your nostalgia train even if you are from the 2000s or if you are from the 80s and the 90s it will definitely feed your nostalgia train and it's, and it's pretty damn funny pretty damn funny mysteries combined with comedy you can't just beat that hmm fun So that is the end of today's episode the last episode for 2023 thank you for listening in we hope you enjoyed the show and learned something new uh, a lot of people listen to our show but very few people are actually subscribing compared to the number of people who listen so please take a few seconds to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review on the podcast platform you're listening to us right now it helps us reach a wider audience and allows more people to discover and enjoy the show we'd also love to hear from you feedback suggestions trivia if you're listening on spotify there's a question underneath in the show notes asking you what you thought of the episode please feel free to answer that there if there are questions you want asked on the show you can send us an email at ruquizzingme@gmail.com with the name of the quizmaster who you want to ask the question in the type in the subject you can also reach us on instagram at ruquizzingme we appreciate your support and look forward to sharing more episodes with you in the future thank you for again for tuning in and Have a great day and a happy new year. See you guys next year.